Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Raw Knuckles Podcast. Please like, follow, and subscribe. When we got the Minsk, I was like the... What was my nickname? I was like... The bus was waiting for me. Like, I got off the plane, and I'm like <laughs> fucking like the Beatles. Like, because I was like just... I swear to God. Like, Seth Jones and all these guys were like, who the fuck is this guy? And it's like, I'm signing autographs, and Laviolette doesn't even know who I am. So... <laughs> where I was going with that is like Minsk was awesome. It was a great yeah. place to play. It was one of my favorite years. I just got went and chased money again. Um, I had the first two year deal. Uh, and I, I led the team in goals on that, that second, that team. And then I didn't, I, I had a shitty fucking playoffs. I sucked. Yeah. And so they just fired me that summer. When I stepped on the ice, I never backed down and I never stayed down. And I was vicious, and I was malicious, and I don't care. I'm alive. He's a freaking madman. Look at him going to town. Yes, sir. We're doing it again. We're doing something a little different here. Uh, Tim and myself on the Raw Knuckles podcast, usually we we have a guest. But today, my guest is Tim, and uh, good to have you on, my buddy. And... Uh, God, I remember watching you on Chicklets, and I pissed myself laughing. And I'm thinking, this kid, he is so funny. And then, and then, a little bit later, I end up meeting you, and we can talk about that later. But we, we, I ended up meeting you on a Zoom meeting. And we interacted, and I would listen to you and listen to you. Uh, and we would do this Zoom meeting every week anyway. And um, when it came time to do the podcast, I said, I want to get this kid on. I think it would be a great pair. He's a little younger than me. Well, a lot younger, 25 years. Yeah. But but both played in the NHL, both American guys. We're both, like, Irish, kind of. I mean, you're kind of yeah, Irish, yeah, yeah. aren't you? Well, well I'm you... on the show because I'm Filipino nowadays, right? Like, that's that was the big <laughs> yeah. thing, is you're like, he's Filipino, Inclusivity. I need him. Inclusivity. There was, I wasn't, like, trying out. I was just, I was just the only choice. <laughs> no, there were uh, lots of choices, but I wanted to go with you, and I'm glad I did. And here we are. But, you know, we, we got the opportunity to meet uh, in person. Uh, down in Pittsburgh for a short time, but at least we got to look each other in the eye, which was awesome. But, you know, and I didn't know much about your career. I did know the name. I did know you played in Winnipeg. Uh, But, you know, for you, hockey, you grew up in Chicago. What what was this? Is it like in those days growing up? And what was hockey like growing up in Chicago? Like being an American kid and, and wanting to play the game. How do you get introduced to the game? Um, Oh, that's a tough question. It's definitely different today. I, I, the youth ho- side of things and, and like Illinois is a hockey state today. I think, you know, when, when I was growing up it probably very similar to you, but it was always Massachusetts, Michigan, and Minnesota were the only three yeah. states. And today, so like when I kind of went throughout my career, I was people like at first people, you would have thought I was from fucking Arizona or something like when I said I was from Illinois, you know? So, <laughs> um, but obviously the Blackhawks were big. Um, it, you know, growing up with like Chelios and them in the early nineties, but I, I honestly, I got into hockey, my dad, my parents just kind of, um, were looking for something for me to do. And, and my dad's one of third, get you out of the fucking house. You're yeah, yeah. Yes. They're like okay. today they're trying to figure out, figure that out. Like I still live with them. Um, <laughs> uh, no, they, uh, my dad's one of my dad's brothers. He's one of 13. He's got six brothers, six sisters, um, grew up in Michigan uh was into hockey and then you know his brother was like you should get your kids on skates and that's honestly my dad never my dad didn't know how to properly hold a a hockey stick when he first got one um but he got me on the ice um just kind of in the where i kind of by where i lived outside chicago and like right away i just fell in love with skating so that's kind of how i started yeah so you jump out on the ice the first time and i I gotta wonder what that's like because this is gonna be a nice way of saying that you're not really tall you have a low center of gravity so (laughs) so but did did you like me i remember the first time i skated i was all over the place down falling everything what was it like for you did you did it come quickly for you and did you take to it right away or um yeah no it came quick i mean to be honest from the age of like five to to 
10, I was, I, I was the best probably hockey player in, in, you know, in Illinois, like I just yeah. picked it up and I was good. And I'm just, obviously I'm, I'm kind of joking, but no, I, I was, a, you know, picked it up right away. Um, I can't really recall. I, re- I started off by pushing a chair, you know, it wasn't like yeah. anything I had, like, I didn't have like a skating coach, but yeah, no, I kind of naturally, uh, figured it out right away. So you get playing, you know, minor hockey, everything. And, um, you play high school hockey, did you, like I did in the States? Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I, I, like I said, I was just, um, until about seventh grade, I, I like, I'm, honestly, I was, I was just really good at hockey. Yeah. Um, no, and, I, but I believe no, you. No, no, right? I mean, I mean it sounds stupid, but it's like, the, where no. I'm going with this is that when I was, everyone started growing and I didn't. And then when the game became like, you can kind of body check and, you know, that's always a big step for, you know, that age. Yeah. And, and it's just like, for me, like I ended up, cause I played a little bit triple A. I was kind of like, you know, like I said, above and beyond the guys around. And then I kind of vanished and it was just cause like, A, we didn't have the money and B, um, I just was like, didn't grow. So I, yes, I went and just played my high school hockey. Um, freshman year, I was on the JV high school hockey team in, in Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. So you played Fenwick, right? It was Fenwick high school. Yeah. You played two years there, then you went to the Triple A. Couple of years Triple A, Chicago Chill, and then it's to the Gamblers. How does that come about? Now, did they scout you? Did you have an in there? Did someone, or did you show up to training camp? What's the deal with that? So they had a like kind of like an affiliation with our Triple A teams. Our, well, we were affiliated with the Green Bay Gamblers. Okay. Their head coach was. Uh, Marco Siki, I don't know. Are you yeah, maybe a little younger? Played a little bit in the NHL, but um, they so they had the option out before the USHL draft. And the crazy thing is, like, I, I honestly, I know people. There's other stories that like this, but I we had I had no idea what this was, right? Like, Green Bay is only three hours from us. I didn't know like th- th- what any of it was, and I came to practice, and they were like, "Hey, Green Bay protected you." So like, they were allowed to protect up to five guys that don't go in the draft the ushl drive so immediately i was yep. just protected by them and i become you know their property in the ushl so yes and then i went to can you know I'm, you're basically on the team next year you're protected yeah that's what they would call it protected yeah you're c- kind of protected so you no other teams in the ushl can take you that gamblers can so that's a good sign right there now um you play those two years they have good numbers um first year you know Breaking in, how was that jump going from Triple A to to the, the the gamblers that first year? Was it like, man, this is it this was the is hardest. Ju- it was probably the hardest transition out of anything, and I'm I'm even including pro. Like I just think you know, I, I was 17, and we had a lot of guys that were 20, um, and that was a big difference for me. And it was just you know, I like I said, I didn't know it, what was really going on. I didn't know like this was a league where you wore like half shields, you're fighting. It's like pro almost kind of so it was kind of a uh, it was a huge jump like I was a healthy scratch you know first couple weeks um and then yeah I mean I just kind of started playing and got my feet wet but yeah it was right away I was I was almost like intimidating for me you know yeah. like I wasn't used to like you know uh, any of it but um yeah no I, I adapted eventually obviously well obviously again the intimidation part and you know, players are better, they're bigger, faster, stronger, a little older than you. And, you know, only playing that physical style of game for so many years and and probably not taking part in a whole lot of that being a smaller player. It's not an easy, uh, 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 you know, a, adjustment for anybody. I remember playing with Matt Snazlin here in Montreal and then, you know, Matt's played in, in Sweden. And he came to the NHL, and man, it is a fucking rude awakening when you come over here from Europe. I could only imagine what those guys. That's why I always talk about Boris Schaming, one of the first Swedes to come over here. It, it, to me, he had more balls than all of them, because what he went through that guy back in the seventies, yeah, to play th- that game, the abuse he took, mm-hmm. not physically, verbally, everything, and that fucking guy persevered. And and, and anyway. So now uh, Europeans, like now we play their game. I feel like they, yeah. they kind of turned it in and now it's like, you know, we're gonna they know flipped fun. it on us. Yeah. They can't hit. It's going to be a no check league soon. <laughs> yeah, no, probably. Anyways, so go ahead. those years with the gamblers. And then um, 
when did you get the commitment from Duluth? Was it your second year? Were you talking to them? What What was that like? And plus, you're playing USHL. Are you going to school? No, I was done with high school. You're done with um, high school. Yeah, it was funny because I actually went to a pretty prestigious Catholic school, you know, that's really well known in, in Chicago. Um, and like, they're really big on, you know, taking these tests and having smart kids come out of there and and they, you know, 100% college rate. And then I was like that year, I was the one that wasn't going to college. And they were, they didn't know what I was doing. I was like, I'm going to go play hockey. They're what like, are you doing, Stapleton? Yeah. So no, I, uh, my second year, yeah, I just got in, uh, you know, I, Duluth jumped in and then, and, and they liked obviously how I played and they just took me on a school visit and I went by myself and then they offered me a full scholarship. And I just was like, from that, I just said, yes, I don't yeah. think I knew better. And, and, it was by far the best decision for sure. But at that time, like I, I didn't, I don't know if another school was interested. You had no <laughs> like, idea, huh? No idea. Yeah. Listen, I jumped at the first one. You kidding yeah. me? I, I Northeastern offered me a scholarship. I'm in. It was That's almost it. like for my parents. I was like, Hey, listen, yeah. like I'm going to school. I get to go to college for free. Like, thank you. And then I realized like, shit, maybe I could have had some choices, but I don't know. So you play the full four years there, put up again, good numbers, um, you know, teens, 19 goals, biggest year, 28 assists, biggest year, 42 points, 40 points, and, and about a point-a-game guy. I mean, that's those are good numbers. Now, in the process of doing that, and I, I you know, I always ask guys, why the fuck are you not drafted? Is that because you were 5'9", 180? And, and the, that draft year, the NHL had a lot of fucking big idiots, right? It was, it was a pretty big league. Yeah, no, uh, 100%. It was, it, you know, Grant, it was 1000% a, a size thing at that point. You, I mean, you know, like you had to be, if you weren't sick, they would like, if you were six, five and never skated, they would like draft you. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was crazy. Come um, aboard. Yeah. We had some, we had a pretty good green Bay on that green Bay team. Like Matt green. Remember that defenseman won a couple mm-hmm. cups with LA. He was on the team. Um, a couple other guys that got some, some time in the NHL, but yeah, I, I knew I wasn't getting drafted. I, I didn't even like, even think about it. I remember I was just cheering for like Matt Green to get drafted, but <laughs> honestly, cause I was like, oh man, it's, I, it was cool to say I was playing with someone that got drafted, but yeah, there was not even a question that I was going to get drafted. I didn't even think about it. So, so you don't get drafted, but that college experience is invaluable. And a lot of Canadian kids, obviously geared to play junior hockey. They grow up with it. Uh, the, the goals, the NHL, they can't wait to get there. And there are some Canadian kids that certainly go off and play college that maybe they, they realize an education. Maybe they realize earlier they get information from family members or whoever saying, listen, go and get a degree. You know, education's key. Chances are NHL, very slim. What do you tell a parent, if they come to you, Tim Stableton, and say, hey, Tim, I'm thinking of sending my kid to junior, not sure, maybe college. It, like, what do you tell that parent? What's your advice to oh, a parent? I I just had a parent ask me this um, about their kid. And I, I mean, at first and foremost, I just kind of asked, like, you know, she her concern was, do I send my, do I just have my kid go to college, like division three or whatever, you know, but he's kind of getting uh, some interest in junior tryouts. Like I clearly he, the kid wasn't getting like, you know, um, it was going to be, you know, hit or miss and, and try to make a team out of tryouts. And at first I was just like, does your kid want to go, you know, you know, like, does he want to do this? And then I said, if he wants to do it, then definitely try. Um, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of the college route. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm uneducated on the whole Canadian junior side of things, but I feel like if you're going there, like your, your goal is to get drafted. You know what I mean? You're going to go play pro hockey. Yeah. I'm realistic on um, the chances of really doing that. As you know, it's, it's, it's not easy to become a professional athlete in anything, but if you can, you know, I think it's realistic. Um, it's still very slim numbers to get a college scholarship for a sport, Hello. but I don't know. I mean, we both did. I don't know. I don't know right. if you were in this a position where you knew that was happening. I really didn't. So for me to kind of push someone away from that that possible ch- choice or, or dream would be like wrong because I clearly uh, was able to do it. It's funny. I, I look at the junior route and it's great, but you know, 
so many guys do come out of junior and go to the NHL, but think of all the guys who don't. Like, there are a lot of guys, and just think at that young age of, say, 18, 19, 20 years old, dealing with that rejection of, no, you're not good enough, see you later, boom. And now you got to start your life over. Not easy, but still, it, it's done. But some kids at, at such a young age are devastated, and, and you hope they're able to get through that and bounce back and go ahead and have a good life. But to have that degree and that college experience is unbelievable. Like I, listen, I only stayed three years. Um, I, I left after my, my third year, but just the whole experience of classes, uh, you know, chasing the girls, um, it, you know, the college scene, it, it was fun. It was unbelievable. Oh. And I, I'm so glad I, you know. Best four <laughs> years of my life. I And we went to the right? Frozen Four. We had some success and, and like, you know, some of my best friends are from that, you know, that time. And, and I'm still friends, obviously, with them today. But th- I always explain to someone, I'm like, imagine scoring a goal and like 2,000 of the people cheering are like your peers, <laughs> right? Like, it's like, <laughs> it's like you're stupid. You know what I mean? Like, there's no other way to explain it than like, you're just like, I mean, and there's more to it. Like, you're part of a, you know, a school. Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was awesome. There was so, so many fun. W- which year did you win the championship? We no, we just went to no, the Frozen Four. The Frozen Four. What year that was, was that? Two thousand four, five, um, five, two thousand three, four. My sophomore year. Three, four. Okay, yeah. Three, and that, four. And I can tell you that we at the time were like the JV squad of like the Gophers. So like yeah. everyone that was like you know Minnesota high school hockey. I don't know if you know much about it, but it's fucking yeah. nuts. It's I remember huge. I was yeah, like people were like running to their dorms to watch like a high school hockey. I didn't get it. Obviously, today I realized like how crazy and like Blake Wheeler, like I was just like, this guy's gonna come out of high school and go like play in Division One, and he did. <laughs> he went yeah. and had a good. So they definitely have some good hockey. Um, but yeah, we were just like, I mean, it was just funny. Like we were like the misfits, our our team. We were all guys that like couldn't go to the Gophers, were never looked at to go to the Minnesota um, University of Minnesota, and we were just kind of a bunch of like criminals almost, and we just 13 there's the sophomore class my freshman year had 13 of them so they all came in you know 13 of them so like by our their senior year my junior year and my sophomore year like we were just like a solid squad and and now they're a powerhouse they've won a few championships you know of course when i leave they win yeah well (laughs) that happens it happened to me at northeastern um you know i left they won the bean pot they'd never won it not on how many years they've won one bean pot before that I turned pro, they win it the next year. God bless them. I was so happy for them. It's awesome. But so, you know, not drafted. And, and, and you know, I, I always say this, and I, I know sometimes guys tend to minimize what they've done in their careers. You played 118 NHL games. Now, you I only played 100 games. Or I'll talk to a guy, I only played for To get to the NHL and play one fucking game is such an accomplishment. People don't understand it. And I get it. Sometimes you say, oh, I want to measure myself. I wish I could have played a thousand games. I played 688. I'm like, fuck. But I had all these injuries that I never got credit for games that I was there in those years near the end. And I never got quite close. So I always, I I know what it's like in a sense. I say to myself, fuck, I, I I could have played more games than that, you know, when I look at it. But Still, to get there and play one game is an accomplishment for anybody. I, I, I don't care who you were, if you're jo- uh, John Scott, Tim Stapleton, whoever, you get there, it's, a, it's an accomplishment. But even when you look back at the road, too, not drafted, I mean, you, you, your first stint in, in hockey is with the Portland Pirates. Then you end up in Finland. And then you end up with the Mollies, like a, a lot, like the chasing of it, chasing the dream part of it. I don't know if people get that. So you're chasing that dream. You go to Portland, you're only there nine games. What went on there and, and, and why the detour to Finland? Um, so when I, yeah, uh, I forgot his name. McNabb was his last name, some scout for Anaheim. Uh, was coming to watch me like kind of junior. Not Peter my... McNabb, Max Peter. McNabb. Uh, I, anyway. I think it's McNabb or Mc... I don't know, whatever. It's yeah. probably like, it's probably something completely different. Um, <laughs> but this guy from Anaheim was like one of their scouts and he was watching me and then he just really liked the way I played. And 
I knew like, you know, that was an option. He's like, you want to come play on a PTO, right? Like immediately after my last college game. And I, and I did, and man, I don't know. Like, I don't think I wanted to do that. I think, you know, I'm, as, we, as you know, um, and maybe we'll talk more about it down the road of this interview, but like, I'm already someone who naturally doesn't like to get in an uncomfortable situation. So if I don't know people, I think, did I want to play pro hockey? I think, yeah, but I didn't really want to do it at that time, but I did because all the other guys on the team are like partying and, and finishing school. Like I didn't finish my degree till like three years ago. I was, well, playing, you did. I was playing pro hockey and I was also a security guard. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> at you. Costco. No, it was like this where my business you partner were working at Costco. I, I swear to God, I was like checking surveillance camera and like, uh, I can't, I don't even want to get into it, but I did finish my degree. Um, Going back to the Portland thing, I so I went there and talk about a, you know, a jump. I, I don't want to say the game was, you know, a jump, but like my first game, I remember, uh, you know, because it's different, right? Like college, as you know, it's like Ugh. you're still kind of like kids almost. I don't know. You're, you're a bunch of immature kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so we get on the ice in Portland. We're playing some team and like our, I'm stretching. I'm doing what I normally do. And it's just and there's like a guy a, with a beard. Yeah, 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 yeah. He looks scary. Yeah, I was like, shit. Is that guy how old is that guy? No. <laughs> no, actually what happened was is a guy on our team, like some big, you know, meat, and a guy on their team, like, and I'm stretching. I always stretch like right by the red line and probably trying to make friends with like whoever skated by. Like, hey, you know, like, hey, how's the you know, how's your family? Like I never met the guy. Like, you know, I was that guy. But you know, um, so these two <laughs> these two guys come by forgot it was like nate saunders i don't know i'm not gonna get anything and they just it was like a slap shot moment where you know they kept skating by each other and then the next you know they're, they're center ice fuck kill you this and that and i'm sitting there like this what is going on here like because i just came from like a college game where like i was tough because you had like a cage on and it didn't matter so i'm like man this is you know these guys are like men and it went on all warm-ups and like, the, and I'm playing that night and I'm just like, fuck man. Like all I'm thinking about is this. So in Portland where you get off the ice, it's all one door. So like we had to go through the opposing teams, like warm up to get off. And uh, as I'm getting off, like this, these two guys come to the door and I'm like, shit, this is going to like be crazy. And the guy on our team, like they come to the door and the guy on our team's like, Hey man, I'm not even playing tonight, you know? And the other guy's like, either am I. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, these two guys did that whole thing knowing they're not playing. They didn't know each other were. And I was just like, this is crazy. And so it was an adjustment to just, you know, a pro hockey. It was pro hockey. And then um, I think the whole time, though, I just wanted to kind of – I didn't really want to do it. And I think those nine games kind of did fuck me a little bit because that summer – I had nothing but an East Coast offer, um, East Coast League, which I wasn't against, but I also was just like, I don't want to play in the coast. Um, you would have ripped that league Yeah, apart, you know, like but crazy. it was also like, you know, like, it was, yeah, I just didn't want, yeah, maybe I thought I was too good, but I, did, I wasn't doing anything, really. I was just kind of, my agent at the time, who's the man, um, GM of Florida, Billy Zito, yeah. um, when he started his agency, his big thing was like, I'm going to find the guys that are overlooked, and I'm going to find a league that's most similar to North America that gets scouted. And at the time it was Finland. So he had Brian Rafalski. That's who he did that with. Yeah. He went same route. Um, Tim Thomas was over in Finland. Yeah. Zito represented him. Then he had a bunch of these Finnish guys, Tomo Rutu, Tuka Rask. Um, so I went over on a fucking tryout. Like Zito was like, hey, if you can get in this league, he's like, once they see you skate. And he was able to finagle a tryout. And I went over there. I got paid five grand for, you know, 30 days. Um, they gave me a car, stick shift. No idea how to fucking drive. You, you should have seen me. I was I was like that, like, stereotypical Asian. Did somebody just, help you with it? Just stuck in the middle of the intersection. Like, I don't fucking know. Like, I don't you were DWA? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Asian? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, no, a guy on the team tried to. He, like, he like gave me, like, a two-minute lesson in a parking lot. But eventually I figured it out. But sure enough, I played, I think it was five games. My coach was Doug Shedden. Yep. Um, no, you know, he yeah, played, played against him. Yeah. And he, um, I had one assist in four games. I remember he called me in and he was just like, imports are supposed to fucking score. But he's like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I like the way you skate. And when they signed me the $30,000 contract. And then I had, I ended up finishing with an OK, you know, by the end of the year I was doing well. And then the second year I was, you know, I led the league in goals. Um, and I signed a two year extension 
with an NHL out and Donnie Granado, who was scouting for uh, Toronto, you know, at that time we had Tuka Rask and all these goalies that were getting, you know, they're going in the draft. So scouts were coming all the time to Helsinki and he just, they offer, you got Toronto to offer me a contract. So I, I took it. And then that's. So that of- time in Finland though, like adjusting to life over there, the culture shock, cause it, it, it's different. There's a big adjustment coming. It's obviously from Chicago, but you know, like, how cool was that? Like, I look at, you know, your your history of the teams, right? And and your career. And it, it looks fucking tiring. <laughs> like, from here to there, jumping from here. Like, it had to be it had to be tough. People don't realize how tough that, picking up your fucking life and you're going to Finland. Then you come back to Toronto. Then you're in Chicago. Then you're in Atlanta. Then San Antonio. Then Winnipeg. Then Dynamo Minsk. Like... That fucking, you're chasing the fucking game. You're chasing the dream, and and you're not giving up. But boy, it takes a toll, doesn't it? Like, how is I, that? Uh, it is, you know, and I I really credit my parents. I know everyone kind of credits parents at times, but I credit them in a way of like not only that they gave me everything and and allowed me to do this, but like they like never really put pressure on me because where I'm going with this, like they never met my agent, right? Like they never, yeah. you know, it was never about. Um, you, you gotta go to the right skating coach or whatever. They just kind of like, they, they were hard on me. Like if they saw I wasn't trying, but when I turned pro, it was always like every game, every day game, I would talk to my dad and it was always like, no matter what, like we're proud of you. Right. So like Mm -hmm. I, where I'm going with this is I signed my entire career was a one year deal every year. That's what I look at. I I mean, and, and talk about like the stress yeah i mean I, I there was plenty of times where i'm like when i did that commercial like that was <laughs> that was a contract year like i had to go fucking work um but yeah it was um it was tough i think it was you know early on it was i was single and young and i guess it was fun but when i you know later in the career i mean i played for eight teams in four years yeah and i don't know if you remember on the i don't know you probably didn't listen to josh hennessy's uh interview but the, he was like i never seen someone like trade themselves and i can honestly say those we'll get into that if we do but a lot, those last it looks like i was a bad teammate but i swear i was a good teammate yeah right yeah, like yeah, you know sure. Yeah, yeah. sure um but no it was tough it was i re- yeah it was you're right but that's was, what i see when i look at it and, and i think because i try and put myself in those shoes okay and yeah you're single but still you must have had a lot of fucking lonely nights Right. There had to be some nights that you were like, fuck, what the fuck am I doing? And then, you know, and yeah, there are a lot of good nights too, a lot of fun, but there's, there's fucking downtime too that, man, it must have been, t- especially in fucking Russia. The first time I went to Russia, I was like, talk about fucking culture shock. I was fucking. Yeah, Russia. No, you're right. There was definitely. Ru- Russia, that was a, yeah, man, Russia, like, I look back now, and I'm, like, really thankful, you know, and I tell my stories or experiences, and it's like, I'm talking shit, but I'm not, I'm actually, like, just telling it from, like, how I, my dumbass looks Mm. at shit, right, so, I love that I, I, I'm lucky that I got to go there, Um, but, man, I remember two Christmases in a row, I was, like, at the Far East team in, in the league, which is, like, just north of Japan, and I was in a hotel, and there was, like bear, That's I, Ma- Magnus thoughts go. Yeah, but we were on the is. road. We were like it was a town called like um, uh, Admirals the team or Vladivostok or something. Yeah, and where yeah, I'm going yeah. with this is like I was there was like no internet. There was like a little thing of internet, and I found where it was. So I'm standing like holding my computer in this hotel room on Christmas, and I'm just like seeing you know all the Christmas pictures of my family and stuff, and. That those times were tough, man. Because then, then you start questioning, like, was it was it worth it? Like, is it worth? You know, I remember my agent when I first decided to go to Russia. He's like, listen, you're gonna get, you know, because Winnipeg wanted to do a, they wanted to sign me, um, but the lockout happened, and I got offered kind of money that, you know, I was a minimum salary guy in the NHL. I don't think it was gonna get much better, and yeah, you know, you, you know I remember when I got offered in Russia, I, I called Chelly Chelios. He gave me probably the best advice. And he was just like, hey, like, you know, he, and he spoke of like, hey, I get it. Like, I'm a Hall of Famer, you know, cop, you know, whatever. We're kind of different here. But he's like, when you're, you know, it's great when you're playing. Your dad can tell people you're in the NHL, your buddies are, hey. But when you're done, no one gives a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, if I were you, go make some money, you know, go set yeah. yourself. And I did. And then 
and I'm glad I did. But I remember there's many times where I'm like, wow, did I, you know, was it worth it? But, you know, I, I think that was more of just a personal issue. Uh, and I think it was very normal to think like that because, you know, like you said, I was in a different country and, you know, they weren't very, I was in Russia, that's for sure. If you love your pet like I love my St. Bernard Adele, you'll want to feed them a balanced, biologically appropriate raw diet. The reason I've chosen Formula Raw is because all blends of their food are locally sourced and they consist of exclusively human-grade meat and organs, as well as fruits and vegetables. And all products used are hormone and antibiotic-free. So like I said, if you love your pet like I love Adele, you'll choose Formula Raw. Make sure you go to FormulaRaw.com and use the promo code RAWNUX at checkout to receive 10% off your first order. That's RAWNUX, R-A-W-K-N-U-X. So you did your stint at Molly's, you did good, Leafs, you played four games, Chicago Wolves, then Atlanta, you're there, you spent some time with Chelly, which is awesome, right? Is that where you met Chelly? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, like we just, we picked them up. No, no. Well, in the wolves, right. In like, the wolves. So yeah. that's where okay. he, he just like out of nowhere, they're just like, we're going to sign Chris Chelios. And he just like came in and like put a sauna in our locker. Room. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to hang him up. And he I was like, I want to hang him around the locker yeah, room. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> I, he's like, you know, and he's, uh, as you know, I mean, he's the best. Cause it was Ugh. just like within like, you know, I grew up watching him and I grew up a Red Wings fan before he was on the wings. Like I fucking hated him. Right. Like yeah. I was a, you know, like a fan, yeah, yeah. like, like this guy sucks. Yeah. he's a pussy. Like, <laughs> yeah. and then, you know, fast forward here, he is my teammate. And obviously at that time I had nothing but respect, but like within a week, he was just like, man, this is, this guy's just like one of the guys. Like he was right. never, it, it was, it was amazing. And I, he didn't I, have I always, that aloofness about him. No, right, you know, and he just... was very just like, Oh, my buddy's going to come down after the game. And it was like, you know, Eddie Vedder yeah. or something. It's like, let's go rip it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and he was always just, <laughs> one of the best teammates I had and we became friends and yeah. So, and then I got called up with him. It was kind of funny. And then we got sent down. I think I'm one of only, only person in the world I could say I got sent down with Chris Chelios. So you and Chelly get sent down. Yeah. Um, you end up um, out of Chicago in San Antonio, a couple games. And then you end up with the jets, your longest stint in the NHL, 63 games and pretty good numbers. Now, what the fuck happens there? Why don't they keep you there? Why don't you stay a Jet? Because for for a kid just coming in there, 27 points in 63 games, you know, it's not shabby. It's not like, come on. What, why not a longer sniff? Why not? Well, the lockout stay? happened. Oh, shit. And, and so, That's right. um, and then they, they wanted to resign. And, then, you know, I mean, obviously people are, you know, think like like it's kind of cool like in my like i know what happened and it's kind of like hey i i didn't like not get a job in the nhl and that's what happened it's like you know lockout happened i chose to go i probably could have played a little bit more but regardless you know the thing about winnipeg was i was originally signed in atlanta and they had our coaches you know our our gm was um rick dudley and then um and Rick Dudley's known for like St. Louis, I think, kind of spotting him and giving him a chance. Yeah. And so like he really, uh, really liked me. Um, and Doug's was, a good guy. Oh, he's awesome. And he was, uh, you know, I had a connection with my agent too. Like they were close. And so, you know, sometimes that's how it, it works. And, and um, Craig Ramsey was our coach. And then we had like John Torchetti. Torchetti? Yeah. You know, yeah. And then uh, well, um, I know who Torch is. Yeah. I yeah. And so, anyways, well. where I was going with this is, uh, I had an exit meeting with them, like, cause by the end of the year, I was playing more and more. And I think one of the biggest compliments I got, and I think, you know, I'm someone that I can, I think that there's a lot of guys I played with that could have played in the NHL. And I think what happens is people don't want to like take on a certain role. Like a goal scorer can get called up and be like, Oh, they put me on the fourth line. It's like, well, yeah, they already got Patrick Kane. So <laughs> go do fourth line things. Right. And I think, yeah. you know, in Atlanta, that was a, that was a thing was um, Craig Ramsey told me once he was just like, you know, I trust you. And I think that was big for me was just like, you know, I wanted to do, um, you know, be accountable um, and, and, and to be trusted by an NHL coach at that time was like, wow, that's like, I can do this. So I left Atlanta that year and was like uh, you know, good exit meeting. They were like, come back better shape. Like there was, it was like, this is going to be my first year, like opportunity. I'm, I'm summer. I went nuts and like, you know, really focused. And then we got sold to Winnipeg. 
that year I played in San Antonio. I was uh, when I did that commercial and wasn't yeah. you know signing anywhere. The Manitoba Moose wanted to do, do a twenty-five game contract uh, with their you know the AHL team, and they said you can have an out anytime. And I committed to it, and I said done. And I was about to sign the contract, and then San Ant- the Phoenix Coyotes called. This was during training camp, and they're like, "Hey, we're probably going to send this guy down, and you know we need to we want we're interested in you, but like you probably start in San Antonio, but like." I was like, well, pull me out of Manitoba, but like the league wouldn't allow that because it was Arizona or whatever, Phoenix. Yeah. And they were like something that like I had to go to San Antonio. So I had to tell the moose I'm out and they were pissed. Fast forward, I get fucking so we get sold to Winnipeg and they fire everybody. Um, Ram, you know, Dudley, everybody, and the whole brass from the Manitoba Moose come in. And I get put on waivers and can't like right away. And I'm thinking and it was like right like right, right away when like camp, like I did camp. And I remember I left and I was like going to St. John's and I packed my bag. I was living with Blake Wheeler at the time. And I remember I called my dad, I'm 30 years old. And I was crying because I was just like, man, like this sucks, right? Like, you know what I'm talking about, Nux. It's just yeah. like, man, I, I like, it's like all of this and this still not good enough. Like, you know, kind of feeling and not that I wasn't willing to go down and play in the HL, but I was like, man, I just, it was just, you know, and, and waivers cleared. I, I've shovel day off was like, Never like I, I didn't get any like text or nothing like you know so I had texted. See you fucking later. Yeah, no, yeah. nothing. I was just like went yeah. to my flight and then sh- I texted Chevel Day off and he's like, and I love Chevy and he's like, he's like actually like you know you're you're f- just come to practice. So I like came to first practice and I got my bag and the coach Claude Noel's like, hey, you're still here and he's like giving me knocks <laughs> like this is like, you know and I and I knew all the guys from Atlanta so like it wasn't like that uncomfortable. But, and you walked in and the roster was like every line. And then like the way bottom was just my number. And I was just like this practice Rudy guy for a week. And we played uh, Montreal was opening night and they got smoked five to one. Um, and then I kind of just hung around and then I got put in a game against Pittsburgh. We won. I think we were losing the start. And then uh, I played uh, like a minute and a half. But, you know, I played. Yeah. I didn't turn the puck over. I skated hard. Yeah. And then it was just like I someone got injured, and next thing you know, I played a little bit more here and there. And then um, it's when I got put on the power play. I mean, I was playing fourth line, and then Claude Noel's like, "I know you ran the point on the power play most of your career. Can you, is that true?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah." And it was the first game, I had two assists, and next thing you know, like I by Christmas, I was playing 20 minutes a night center in the first line. Right? I mean, there was injuries, but um, yeah. you know, and I think uh, all of it was, you know, there was times where just by numbers and, and you know how that works with contracts, like a guy that was hurt comes into the lineup and it's just like, by I, there's no choice, but they have to scratch me. Right. Because yeah. it's just like, you know, we got to who we invested in and whatever. Yeah. And at a certain point, like Andrew Ladd and the captains went in there and they're like, he's not fucking sick. You know what I mean? I'd be like on a three game yeah. point streak or something. Right. Yeah. Fucking go and, have some popcorn. And that's why I have, a, I mean, that team in that locker room, I have nothing but, you know, just gratitude towards them. But yeah, I, um, by the end of it, I was just like this utility, uh, you know, fourth line power play. Like if someone wasn't playing well, he would throw me on the first line. And it was, I mean, talk about a, a, a position that was just like, not easy, but I had to really fuck it up. I think, um, you know, if I was going to play fourth line, I didn't have to fight. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, no. and, and there were still kind of those fighters uh, in the league. So I just, played hockey and you know i didn't have to turn the puck and then power play you get up in your in that league it's everyone's so good it's it's not you know i mean i know things got to execute but you know i'm i I can make the smart play i can feed big buff you know like and so when the season was over they they loved me they really complimented me on being professional and how you know they they apologized for how the beginning went but then they cut your balls off well, no, they just, they, what they, happened? they basically were like, we will, we'll, well, we want them back, but we're not going to like give them any sort of like raise or anything, and which is fine. Yeah. But I just got offered in Russia. There was the lockout. And then I got yeah. offered in Russia, like kind of money that I just was like, didn't make sense to turn down. Yeah. And then the lockout ended and Winnipeg was like trying to get me to go there. But the, I was leading, I, you know, I had a good year and I was leading goal scorer on the Russian team and they wouldn't let me leave. They're like, Niet. Yeah. you know, so I, I, and then by then I got, I was in the all, you know, I got signed by a team in Russia that just the money was, 
yeah, I, I would, I couldn't turn it down. And then that so, was, just, yeah. So the, the your NHL experience is over now, Winnipeg, and it was a good one. Not last year. I mean, sixty-three games. You had good numbers. You had a good experience. It's just unfortunate the lockout, and then you having to move on. Well, not having to move on, but you made the choice to move on financially. And it's at your age, I don't think it was stupid. It, no, it was a, no, I think it was a smart move. Yeah, I mean, I, I would for you. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to be like, well, you know. I mean, I get, you know. I, I guess if if I maybe I sacrifice some more NHL games, but I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? We don't know. Yeah, who all knows? knows? Yeah, and right. Like, for definitely all I know, if you interviewed shit, they would be like, "We weren't signing them." <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just making this up. For all I yeah. know, we're yeah. gonna keep him as our utility man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. off. But we're, we we wish you would have fucking got picked up on waivers. I mean, we got stuck <laughs> with them. So no. I wanna um. So the Russia thing comes up. And you're going to, um, it was Minsk, your first team, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Dynamo. Now, this is 2011-2012, okay? Um, that year in training camp, Lokomotiv Yaroslav had that plane crash. It was the year before. The year before, yeah. 2011, okay. So, now you're leaving the confines of North America going over to fucking mother Russia. Like what's that fucking plane right away? And what are you thinking? Here I am off on my own again, going to well, fucking. That, that's funny you bring that up. Cause like probably with a month left in uh, Winnipeg in that season, I was getting a calls from the coach of that team, the new coach. Cause that situation happened. And then they Brad McCrimmon, Tom Rowe. Oh, oh, Tom Rowe. Tom oh, okay. Rowe was the head coach. Oh, Brad okay. McCurman was on the plane, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was yeah, on the plane. Yeah, yeah, this I was, thought this was, was when you said from that team. I thought you no, meant no, Lopamoros. sorry, I meant no. I meant the organization. But like the 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 tragedy happened already. Um, and I was gonna go there. Um, it was a great. It was all a long story, but I ended up not. But um, I was. I don't know. I didn't really think too much about that. I just remember Nigel Dawes. Um, I talked to him for like an hour about it, and he's like kind of telling me. He, he, he was there forever and he wasn't like bitching. He was just talking like how I, we talk. And he was just like telling me all the things that, and then at the end, he's like, everything I told you just, it's way worse. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> and I still got there. And I think, I mean, I, I, I wasn't affected by the plane stuff at first. It was just like the training camp. I mean, it was fucking eight weeks long and you were like 10 hour days at the rink and no one to talk to. Yeah. I mean, we had some imports. How was that? But, it was no well I, that Minsk team is one of the teams in the KHL outside of Russia, so I think there's okay. like six. Where of were like they? Belarus. Belarus. And okay. so like Lat Latvia had one, the Prague, and, and you know there's like six teams. Those teams were allowed up to like ten imports, so we had like eight North Americans. Okay. When you get in Russia, you're only allowed like four, and yeah. that's when it's hard because then like the three other imports are like might be like a Czech guy. And it's like, yeah. Czech guy is like almost as worse as a Russian. Like, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. they're not going to speak English. So, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, I, I, it was hard. I just remember like my, my mentality was just, I was, I don't know if I was negative, but I was just like, what the fuck? Like none of it made sense, you know? So Dynamo Minsk, you signed for that year and you get great numbers again, 40, you know, 24 goals, 16 years. And then, Every year after that, it's a different team. Why is that? Why don't they have you back? Why don't they say, Tim, fuck, we want you next year again? Money. Um, Money. You go, the one thing about the teams I just said in Russia, like they'll pay you like double those teams outside yeah. um, outside of Russia. So they offer I, – I don't have any regrets, but part of me wishes once – I mean, I think about like, like what it would have been like if I stayed because Minsk was like home. Like it was – I was just joking the other day. I was like, when I played in world championships, my, and I forgot 2014, um, it was my third world championships. It was in Minsk. And it's fucking, uh, first off, it started off like Peter Laviolette was the coach. And I was the only like non NHL guy at the point. So like no one like fucking knew who I was, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And Donnie Granado, who I grew up in, in, you know, obviously known. And, and I played on the TUSA team, but like no one, you know, it's not like anyone, knew the year before or anything but like dining ground was like hey go talk to like peter laviolette and like let him know tell introduce yourself this was like in the security line and i'm like mm -hmm. thinking to myself nux i'm like mm -hmm. i had three assists once against philadelphia the guy knows who i am <laughs> you know 
So I get there and in line and I go, Hey coach, you know, my name is, and he was just straight. Like, he's like, I have no idea who you are, you know? And I don't know. And like, and I fucking, fucking I had an issue with them. I didn't like that right away. Uh, Where I was going with this is like, when I got, when we got the Minsk, I was like the, what was my nickname? I was like, the bus was waiting for me. Like I got off the plane and I'm like fucking like the Beatles. Like, cause I was like, just, I swear to God, like Seth Jones and all these guys were like, who the fuck is this guy? And it's like, I'm signing autographs and Laviolette doesn't even know who I am. So where I was going with that is like Minsk was awesome. It was a great yeah. place to play. It was one of my favorite years. I just got, went and chased money again. Um, I had the first two year deal. Uh, and I, I led the team in goals on that, that second, that team. And then I didn't, I, I had a shitty fucking playoffs. I sucked. Yeah. And so they just fired me that summer, you know? So it's every year at Kazan, you went to Neta think and Megalong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever fuck. the fuck you, that is. But, and then you end up, uh, in the, um, what was it the Italian league Lugano? No, that's Switzerland. Swiss, Swiss league. And yeah. then, uh, fast that, yeah, then I started Swedish. getting real shitty at hockey. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, my off ice habits kind of increased, uh, in the summers. And I also just kind of, it was, it was, I don't know. It's hard when you're playing for like a lot less money, right? Like yeah. that wasn't a big effect. It was like, you know, I, I was not even coming close. Like it was like a 10th of like what I was making. And so I was just trying to cruise so, through, you know? So uh, the end there is Alton in the Swiss league and then Ingolos that whatever the fuck that was. So when does Tim and, and when I look at that, I get tired looking at that stretch. <laughs> okay. After you left Winnipeg, cause fuck it. It's just so like, moving here going here the anxiety of it and meeting all new people and fitting in and yeah like when you finally said what made you finally say enough um my wife and kids probably and 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 so also at that like, point you're married yeah well yeah right? i'm like dre- no i wasn't married i had kids Ma- before no. you know okay. i don't know if my, i don't know if my wife's family's to this day they're they're greek you know i didn't do it the traditional way i think they love me but so uh yeah it was just a lot with you know she was a trooper and it was just like you know i mean by this point i'm on my contract i was i got a re-offered in germany but it was like 60 grand you know which is fine but at that point it was just like i'm i'm done i i was okay i think at that point it was just like that whole like i was a veteran guy and just like it was already starting like we got to play the young guys and i was like just may i thought maybe i was better than i really was like i thought i was just as fast as i was when i was <laughs> and i think that all caught up to me and i you know all those teams at the end like i i honestly went in and kind of traded myself like i i i wasn't getting the ice time i wanted and, and i wasn't able to play the way i wanted but i also like wasn't like a version of myself you know i used to be and I was finding ways to try a new team. And, and that's why there wasn't so many teams, but I did end that last year with Doug Shedden again. So I started yeah. with him and I ended with him in Germany. And I think for me, it was just time to like, I just didn't want to play hockey anymore. So Russian gas that so tell me about the Russian gas story again. I want to hear this like from there's uh, yeah. Fuck. I, uh, and, and then people we'll, ask we'll me we'll today, mo- like, what was we're going to move it? on from hockey after that? Yeah. Yeah. Russian I mean, gas. like Russian gas. I mean, that's why I love Russia so much, right? <laughs> uh, so it's just, it's a recover. I mean, I don't know what it is. It's just like the travel was so long in the league. Like you'd go on like nine hour flights. Like this guy, like, you know, they called him the Russian gas man, right? And he would be, he would have a tank and you would all file up and like after practice and he would, you know, lay you down and just pump you. And it was awesome. Cause you was like, you talk about like, you know, you like the getting high, like, you know, they, they, they some of these Russians would like get back in line and shit and try <laughs> to change up. their try to change their shirt. Like <laughs> yeah. it was like you know, like this shit was addicting, man. And so I remember I'd drive home though, and I'd be like, man, I definitely killed some fucking brain cells. What the but fuck was it? It was just I don't, some sort of uh, I guess Oxygen like yeah, I guess and shit mixed. It that... definitely wasn't like um, anything. Uh, I don't know illegal. I mean, you would walk into you'd walk in the locker room and there would be a white cup which is pills in it and they'd be like take your pills it's like what is this one flew over the cuckoo's nest i'm not what am i what the fuck you know and so like you never knew what anything was and then 
you're like, hey, doc, I got a stomach ache. And he's just like, injection? I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, I'm like, no, so, I need like a Pepto-Bismol or something. They obviously do things a little shady over there. How about payday? What's that like? Brown paper bag? Fucking. I just kind of like at the end of that got that. Um, uh, We didn't, I didn't, I got all my money. Did you get uh, paycheck or was it It was just going to my or? account account and I would wire it home. Yeah. Um, you know, we get never, it the fuck right out of there. Yeah, right? I got pretty lucky though because there was a couple times where like the Minsk, for example, they they paid us till January and like we were getting paid every once a month and our contract went till April and they just like didn't, they just came in and said like we ran out of money <laughs> and it was because we didn't make playoffs. <laughs> I know it was, right? And they just, it was funny. They kept us there. Um, cause they were like, if you leave, so the season's over and we had to stay 30 days and like, we didn't do anything but come to the rink and check in. And then we would have to like, you know, and that was it. And then we, I did that. I just remember every time the GM would come every weekend, every Monday, you'd come all tan and you just went on vacation. Mm -hmm. He's like, we have no money. Just <laughs> Maybe next so week. Cheap. Cause <laughs> at this point, Nux, it's like three months of salary, you know? And so I'm just like, shit, man, like all this. And I'm not going to get like what's owed to me, which was a lot of money. And a, a lot of guys were going through the same thing. And all of a sudden it was like that. You ever seen the movie Argo? No. With ben, with ben Affleck? Well, anyways, there's a oh, scene. Oh yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There's a yeah, scene yeah. at the end where they're flying, they're getting out of there. And then yeah. they're like, we cleared, you know, customs there or whatever. And they all yeah. get up and they're crying. Like that's what like this was like when we our cleared Iranian ass. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, we got a call one day and it was just like, you guys can go home. And like, guys were like crying. <laughs> like we were just like grown men, like just so happy and to still leave. still didn't get the money. No, I, it was that year I played world championships in May and all of a sudden all my money was there. Just oh, over, so they, they, followed they paid through. me. It, just, wow. it was just came in May and I got it. And then the next, and then the next year I played on kind of the next teams I played on were like the most professional teams in the league. And there was never, never yeah. an issue. But guys, never there's, I mean, you know, there's stories all the time of, of guys not getting everything. I, re I had like a $50,000 bonus for like 10 goals. And I had like fucking 28 goals. And the, then they claimed yeah. like I was a minus six and they were like, you had to be a plus. I'm like, that's not, <laughs> I'm like, Hey, that's not true. And B my agent's the one telling me this. And I'm like, you're the one that probably took the 50 grand. Right. <laughs> like, like, it's, it, but you can't do anything. You're just like, yeah, yeah you're fucked. You have no so, recourse. Yeah. I didn't call, really, uh, call Putin. Yeah, yeah, fuck Putin. Yeah, Paul I mean, Putin, it'll help you. Oh, man. Um, so, you know, your career ends, and it's not, you You finish playing, and you you go back home. Now, my first year out, I'm, I'm going to take time away, step away, boom. You know, and I struggled with that transition. How difficult was it for you, the transition? Leaving hockey now, you're apparently ready to leave, but you're never quite ready to leave <laughs> when you get there. It happens, and... How, how's that transition those first year or two for you to um, get out of hockey? It was like a moment. Oh man. Yeah. I, it, it was, I was lucky to be able to just like financially at the moment, I didn't make enough money to never work again, but like I was in a situation where I didn't have to give a shit for a year or two or whatever. And I kind of just golfed and just, you know, was, I was very happy to be done playing and, and, um, but yeah, I didn't really, I just kind of went, you know, habit wise, I went down up, you know, a lot of, you know, just kind of having fun and, and where I'm going with this is I, I, it wasn't a right move for me. I'm not saying it's a wrong or right move for anybody that retires, but like I've struggled with the structure. Yeah. Like that's what the thing, you know, I do miss camaraderie and stuff, but like to be able, like we were just given a schedule every day, right? Like meeting at eight, be here at nine. Like I didn't know how to do, I, I still am trying to figure that out. <laughs> like you know, like I wake up sometimes, I, I go through days sometimes where I'm like, I didn't do shit. <laughs> like, you know, like, right. Or, and then there's some days I'm getting good at. If like, you golf, you accomplish something. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I definitely um, golfed while I drank, you know, like that's yeah. what it, it became a, you know, uh, more of a just, you know, doing something every day. I love the golf still today, but I, I think, yeah, I just didn't know what to do. And I kind of just tried to figure it out. And I don't think that was the right move. I think right now it is because I'm doing fine now. But I don't know what the right move is. I just know that you got to be prepared to, um, you know, you got to, yeah, it's it's different. 
for sure. Yeah. I think it, it's a strong, it's hard. And I think any transition in any, you know, business or walk of life is hard, but like, I've talked to guys that made 50 million bucks in the, in the game. And they're like, I don't know what to fucking do with my time. Right. Like, yeah. Listen, you, you can have all the money in the world, you can have yeah. whatever, but when you retire from the game and it's gone, <clears throat> it's like Chelly told you, right? No one gives a fuck. Yeah. See you later. And, and you're gone. You're that's the old piece of meat mentality. And when you are on your own, you're left to your own devices. Sometimes uh, that transition can be difficult. I know it was for me. I, it's well documented. I had a tough time. Um, I I ended up going down a road that uh, I wouldn't recommend to anybody. But I guess, and I won't say innocently enough, but I I got wrapped up in you know the painkillers uh, from the surgeries. Uh, I got addicted to painkillers. I didn't know what was happening to me. I didn't know how to get out. I didn't know there was a way out. Uh, I was drinking, um, kind of like I was still playing. And, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, you know, it was like, oh, this is the time of day I used to go have a beer after practice. Yep. Oh, let's keep this up. And I found myself going down this rabbit hole. And and I know you've had similar experience. And I I just want to talk about it. And wh- when did you? When did it hit you? That fuck. Yeah, I mean, it's... Something's it's, going on here. I don't know I, what it is, but something's going on, and I got to do something about it. I, I uh, Yeah, it's, you know, we can... It's it, What's crazy about when you started this um, this interview off, and you said about how we met in Zoom and, and this yeah. and that, like, I, yeah, I have a similar, I guess, certain level of, of similar um, habits and addictions, and, you know, I like to put painkillers and, and the booze, and I think... Um, as you know, it becomes, you know, a dependent eventually, like, you know, it feels great and it helps you not care. And then next, you know, it's like, fuck, I need to do this. And, uh, the fucked up thing is I, I watched, at one point I watched your documentary. I don't know if I think I've told you this. And I was like, at the time, I remember, you know, the way you were describing things and then kind of knowing where you were at, at that moment and like how you were like, you know, it's, it was kind of like a hope thing. Cause it was like, then I knew I was like, man, I might have a problem here, you know, like, cause it's like, this guy's like, you know, but at the time I was definitely didn't think I had one. So there was a question there and and that was probably three years prior um, to, to thankfully like, yeah, eventually when you you got help. Yeah. So at that time, I remember my wife was like, like she was in the background in the kitchen. And then I went in the kitchen she's like, it was like kind of like emotional. And she was like, that's, She's like, you know, that's you. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not me. That guy's way worse than me. You know, like, and, and so like to be crossing paths and we're doing this is kind of a, something that's like, you can't right? really, yeah, it's, it's, it's not dots, a coincidence. Nah, it, it, it really isn't. It's, it's, you can't explain that. I mean, you definitely know what I'm talking about. And it's just like, I didn't fucking plan any of it, but I, my story is no different than a lot of the same stories. It's just, I like to have fun. I like to drink. I mean, there's, it, it's people drank in my family. I mean, are they alcoholics or addicts? I don't know. Um, yeah. There's definitely were some admitted ones and and not saying like that's where all that came from, but obviously I came from that, that kind of, you know, atmosphere. And then I like to have fun and I did not want to deal with me. That was a big issue. I, yeah. all these years, like what you're talking about, I just, I still struggle with like, I like my first NHL game. It's like, I'm looking around the room and I'm like, wow, what am I doing here? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of always been my thing is like not being good enough and, or whatever you want to call it, but that's whatever. I mean, that's okay. I mean, I, I mean, fuck, I mean, whatever, you know, I think the drugs and all that stuff was just a way for me to, um, not cope. have to, yeah, not have to like think about yeah. that shit because yeah, you end up coping you know, and you're using it as a coping me- mechanism, unhealthy uh, ways to cope with things, and you know certainly then life becomes unmanageable and you know you catch yourself and it's funny I remember you mentioned that to me you watched the documentary Last Gladiators, Barry did that, um, and he and looking back he said he wished he just focused on my story mm-hmm. more because it could have been more. There was enough there, he said, and it could have been more about the addiction piece, along with the hockey, and and maybe got a little bit more out of out of me that way as far as the addiction piece. But that being said, there was still enough there that I think people understood. 
and that it caught your eye. It's funny because we always say, well, if it helps one person, it helps one yeah. person. Well, it maybe took three years, but you know, it got your attention, which is pretty cool. It got your attention at one point and it got your wife's and here you are today living a clean and sober life. Um, looking, you know, obviously you're, you're a funny kid. Where does the fucking humor come up? Where, like, where does that come from? Like you, you go that shooting from the hip, you come up with the funniest shit. Where does it come from? I don't know. I'm very self-deprecating. I don't know. I like, uh, I love stand-up comedy. I'm not saying like I should be, no. I don't know if that's, I just think humor is such a, uh, um, a release. I, I love anything that's just, you know, if you're laughing, I don't know, maybe that's just, I'm just kind of like attracted to that, but my dad's pretty funny. My dad's just like not a serious guy, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, it could be the most tragic thing and he's our, like, it's, it's like really like you gotta, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It's so like he's funny. My brother's got pretty funny. I think it just, I don't know. I, I, you know me. I don't like to say I'm funny, but you know. But I you're think, funny. You like yeah, to be funny. I, I guess. Or you wouldn't do it. I like to laugh. I do. Mm. I do like to laugh. I and I, you know, I like. I think a lot of things are funny. I think. I over time, I think today, like I just think the way I think things is like hilarious because it's like you're. I'm an idiot. You know, like I can really dra- dramatically. You know, um, like I said, like I could be at the gas station and like rushing to a tea time and the guy in front of me, who's the only guy in the store is like talking about the fucking weather. And I'm like, this guy should be dead because he doesn't know I have a fucking tea time in 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Like he should know that. And then I'm like driving away. I'm like, you're an idiot. So that's that's because that's like real. I think that, you know, that's actually funny because that's real. And a lot of people can relate to that. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's probably my dad and my brother, you know. Well, um, yeah, certainly you can tell, um, I I know when we're around other people, um, and I see the reaction of other people when you're funny, that it it certainly has an impact. And one of the funniest episodes ever was on checklist was you, right? One of the best episodes ever. Oh man, what's funny about that episode? How was that? Like, let's talk about that a little bit, checklist. That was like sick. I mean, I was just, that was early on, like of, of trying to start, you know, just trying to be a better, you know, better self. Right. Like, so maybe yeah. six months, you know, and, and no one knew. Right. And I kind yeah. of was like going into this thing, like when they, you know, right at the time spitting chiclets, you know, was just still like doing like, there's some episodes back in the day where like just Whitney interviewed yeah. somebody. So clearly yeah. like they were going out and getting their own like guest and then like making an episode out of it. And you, there, you can hear like it. And so when, Wit, Wit asked me, because I just kind of, we crossed paths in Russian and, and just had the same friends. And he asked me, and um, I was like, yeah, done. They were in Chicago. So I went and, and at a hotel and, and I'm going into this thinking like, you know, they just had like Crosby on at the time. And I'm like, if yeah. they're going Crosby to me, this is strictly just Wit, right? <laughs> they might not even ever play this episode. <laughs> and so I was in the lobby and then in Philadelphia was at the same hotel and I saw I didn't have a key to get up to the room or whatever. And I saw Kevin Hayes and Wit was like, we're interviewing Sopol or whatever, and we'll come get you or whatever. And then Hayes was like, Hey, I'll bring you up there. And then we get up there and I'm thinking, we're just going to go see Ryan Whitney. And next, you know, I, the door opens and it's like the whole crew and they all erupt. Like they're like, Hazy! you know, he's like a reoccurring <laughs> guest. He's all, like, I love it. I love Kevin yeah. Hayes, but they're just going nuts. And then RA goes, Hey, hey who's your buddy? I'm like, buddy, I'm like, I'm the guy you're fucking interviewing. They didn't even know who I was, Nux. I was like, you know, I'm like, I'm the Typical guy you're interviewing. RA, and then even Biz, like, I, I, we Mr. knew. Mr. Magoo. Biz, we knew of each other, but we never really played. Like, Biz just was like, oh, you're Tim Stapleton. It's just like, I'm like, yeah, guys. And so, like, uh-huh. it kind of started off, like, we're Awkward. right well, Or it was just like right away, I just kind of was like, all right, this is stupid. Let's just have fun with it. Right. I think the episode wasn't there was no intention to to be like hey let's we just kind of rolled with it um i know i had like you know i thought at the time i'm like i can't be funny or do it like who you know and it's all bullshit and uh i remember you know we had fun with it i didn't know i i just i didn't they we got done and i think the grinelli was like that might have been the best episode we ever done and whatever we just laughed and then i left and it was like when is this gonna come out and then like the first when it first came out within 10 minutes, I get a call from like this Russian agent 
And he's like, team, team. <laughs> Russian media hockey do not like you. Like, that's exactly what he said. And oh, I was oh, like, because oh. I get apparently <laughs> the, the coach I was trashing, that would be like someone, that'd be like a Russian guy trashing like. Scotty Bowman. Mo- yeah, Scotty Bowman. But but not only trashing him, calling him calling him Steve Bowman. Because <laughs> this guy's name wasn't like Igor, it was Vladimir. <laughs> he's like, so not only were you trashing like a guy who taught Datsuk, you're, you didn't oh. even call him by his right name. Oh, that's funny. And I just remember like, I was like, fuck, you know? And so, you know, I'm, I'm a- Too bad, you fucking Russians. Come on. Yeah, you're, no. I, I, you're you know, fucking had... hotter people than that. Relax, you fuckers. But that episode, oh. you know, good for those guys. I think we wouldn't be doing what we're doing without them kind of paving the way, I think. But, you know, that that the, for them to take over the hockey world, I've never got – I have to, con- I have to like, Google myself to people to say I played professional sports. <laughs> now, like, people are just like, hey, are you the spitting chicklets guy? And now I'm like, yeah, I also played too, you know. Like, I wasn't just some fucking fan. The chicklets but, guy. Yeah, they did a good – they've done a good job. They're fun for sure. Yeah. Oof. They're no Anyways. raw knuckles, though. Fuck. No, no raw knuckles. Yeah, fucking they don't have that. They're, they're too sensitive for this show. Yeah, yeah. We we got the fucking armor on. We're good. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Raw Knuckles podcast. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe.